Welcome to Bottomless Rugby, the home of boys, brews and sports balls. This is the main event with Dr. Dup and Jason. We talk about the current hot topic of the week, touch base on interesting news and pick a boykey of the week. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Bottomless Sports Network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services. Let's get into it. This past Friday, we had the Springbok management and coaches do a live draft on television where they selected uh, green and gold teams right, from a, a pool of South African players. This is basically just to get a massive Springbok trial underway that's coming this weekend on Saturday. Uh, so they did this draft on TV. Awesome stuff. I loved it. Jason, uh, what did you think of the draft that went down? I think it was a very good like, summarizing of South African rugby coaches. They can't stick to the time limit and they talk way too much. <laughs> that Super Sport production, <laughs> star, uh, production truck must have been on fire. That much chaos was going on in there. Uh, it was a bit of a shambles, but it was entertaining. And it was nice to see a little banter between the coaching groups as well. I thought the banter was, you know, a great thing to see, you know, amongst the coaches. Uh, I'm with you. It it could have been better in terms of sticking to time to actually make it feel like it's a real draft that's important, you know. Um, but, you know, in their defense, they've never had to select a team on a time limit. No. Um, so, I mean, I, I understand when they kind of, you know, went over time and so forth. But nonetheless, I think this is um, an exciting thing that they did. I personally feel well, why don't we just do this every year and we make it a fan spectacle, you know, especially if if fans can go to the matches from next year. This could be really awesome. I think they should consider, you know, making it like a trial, you know, make it a, a showdown day. You have the main guys up top playing. You maybe get a, an under-20 version as well, you know, which could be a match before that. Um, you get a couple of the sevens teams in, uh, maybe get the women's uh, teams into to also play a couple of games, you can make it a rugby day. I think it could be awesome. And you have all those teams, you know, draft their players in a similar format. But, you know, even if we just start with the Springboks for Springbok trial, I think this would be quite exciting to see, um, you know, on a yearly basis. Uh, but, yeah, let's actually get into the draft. So last week we did our own mock draft and we did it the proper way where, you know, Every player is uh, eligible to be selected at any time. That is the way drafts drafts um, should be done. However, they decided to to do the draft a bit different. Their format was to select players by position. So, for example, they started with the forwards and they would select a loose head prop first. Um, you know, both coaches, and then they'll move on to a hooker, and then the tight head prop, and so forth. They'll work their way. Um, through the starting 15 and then eventually also go and select the reserves by position as well. So Jason, let me bring you in on this point. Um, what did you think of the format they used and why do you think they went for that format? Uh, I preferred the format they used. I think there was a lot more structure to it and a lot less uh, random. I think 
you know, it's just like when they announced the Springbok squad in general, they start off with the props and move down, move down. So I think they thought, you know, let's do it that way. Make sure we're getting those guys in to have a rough starting 15 and then uh, add on the bench a bit later. Uh, it could also be something they did to avoid just randomly picking, okay, I think that guy's the most important. I think that guy's the most important because realistically in rugby, there's so few times when there is actually one standout important dude. So I think it's better to do that by position. I think it would have uh, eliminated some uh, crazy calls from our selection. Uh, Dwayne Fumilin at lock comes to mind. but <laughs> It really does. But yeah, I liked it. What do you think? Um, Honestly, I think they did it to save some face for players because if you... If you do it by position, you eliminate um, things like, you know, who's going number one. In other words, like who's potentially the best player or the most important player. And you also technically eliminate uh, the thing of like, all right, who's going to be the last one that actually makes a squad? You know, who's selected last? I personally feel that, you know, a full open draft would have been way more interesting because it would have changed the tactical approach from the coaches and how they go about the selections right um now if they with them selecting per position you know you you're forced to select within the in within that that position and you know it, it kind of you can't for example snap up so let's use bongi as an example so we know he's he's the standout hooker there right yeah you could have just drafted him early, you know, and make sure that the other teams can't get him. But because you have to start at, uh, you know, at prop and, and you move through, um, you know, it really does depend now on, on who goes first and then they move per position. So it, it takes that tactical essence of the draft away. You know, you could have probably split up combinations a bit better and throw a spanner into the, in, into the planning of the other uh, coaching staff. So I, I personally would have liked to see them just do a full draft. I have, but I, I mean, at the same time, I have no problem with the way they went about it. Uh, the big problem for us is, is that, um, you know, we, we did the draft the proper way and now it's going to be difficult for us to compare the draft order that we did compared to theirs because, I mean, they did it by per position. So you, you cannot say who's the number one pick. You can't do that because there isn't a number one pick, even though Stephen Kitsov went first. You know, it's just that they happen to start by the props. You see what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but we also need to recognize they're doing this draft not to compete with each other or try to win something over the other team. They're doing this to get a good idea of the who's performing well in their Springbok setup. So doing by position, I think, is good. And there still was the tactical... Uh, picks going on in there. There are a couple of times where like Gold would choose somebody and you could see Green were like, okay, we actually wanted that guy. Now we need to rethink a bit, especially when it came to the reserves and trying to figure out, okay, do you go for a lock or a loose forward or a center or a winger? Like, how do we approach this? So there was a degree of that, but if it was a case of them trying to pick a side to beat the other side, I think they would have gone the original route, like you said, but for the purposes of what this draft is for, I think it was best. Yeah, I think it just would have been a bit more exciting for the fans, you know, to to have a draft where there would be a clear number one pick. 
Um, it would have been fun. I think it would have added a bit more fun to it. Um, there would have been a bit more chaos, you know, if I can put it that way. And, you know, chaos can be quite exciting. It can be to a degree, but uh, there was already enough chaos here with the coaches not sticking to their time and taking taking their sweet time when they were on a tight schedule. But uh, to each their own. Yeah, to each their own. All right, so let's actually get a bit into, you know, the teams that they selected. Um, first off, Jason, so you say there's a there's a couple of changes that we made. Um, you, want, you want to take us through that? Yeah, a couple of guys are out for injury. Uh, Sergio Peterson, leaves foot injury. Sonatla has pulled hamstring. And Franz Herber is out. Uh, not too sure why he's out, but again, injury. Uh, and they've been replaced by a youngster called Zuelan Daba, a utility back. And two guys that were actually on our list for guys who are snubbed in this uh, draft. Uh, Konos Kosan and Carlo Sardi. So... Very happy that those guys are in, and then we've got a promising youngster coming through as well. Yeah, um, definitely stoked for Saudi to get an opportunity now. Um, and I really do think that all the players that were drafted will get time on the field. There's no question about it. As much as the coaches want to beat each other, they have to put everyone on the field because this is a, a, a trial, you know, in essence. So I'm really happy for the guys that, that came in. Uh, Skorsan really does deserve an opportunity. Carlos Sardi is one for the future. Let's let's actually see what he can do now. Uh, Zuelin Daba, you know, youngster coming through. Fantastic, you know. There's an opportunity for him to show what he can do. Um, all right, so let's let's take a look at, at the teams. Um, right, we, we can just quickly run through it. So, right, let's start with the Springbok Green team. Uh, we, we're just going to talk about... Um, all right, let's let's quickly run through it. Go one to what twenty five. So, from one to twenty five for the Springbok Green team, we have um, Oxen Chair, we got Bongi, we got Trevor, we got JD, uh, we got Haran Andrews, we got Sia, uh, we got Anna Buerta, we got Dwayne Formiel, and those guys making up your starting forward pack. Um, you know, then from nine you got Sanela Nohamba, Elton Yanchi, Sabelo Sinatla. Which um, you know he's injured now, so we probably will have uh, Malcolm Yar coming off the bench uh, to replace him. Uh, we got Franz Stein, Wandersila Similani, Yar Penpe, and then Gianni Lombard. You know your starting backline players on the bench. They have Skalki Rasmus, Thomas Detoy, Luan de Brain, Opa Mahoje, Jan Augustus, Junior Pokumela, Embroise Papid, Marni Lebok, and uh, Jeremy Ward. And then, yeah, I mean, um, who would probably score Sun might come into that team. I'm not too sure where he's going to slot in, right? So this green team, uh, what do you think of, of it, Jason? I think it's a pretty strong team. And this team is more in the mold of the main game plan the Springboks do play. You know, you've got the big uh, beefy forward pack and you've got the, the big 12 as well, like we had with uh, Estesen or Dialende. And some good speedsters around them. I'm keen to see Alton in the pivot role here. See how he can unleash some of these guys. So yeah, I think it's very much the typical kind of Springbok team we'll see. Yeah, I think um, that forward pack is a really good forward pack. Uh, particularly the loose trio. That's a very balanced loose trio um, with Sia, Arno and Dwayne. Um, 
I mean, Nohamba was a bit shaky this weekend, but, you know, first game back, I'm going to be interested to see how him and Elton pair up. Um, you know, Frontstein and uh, Similani, I think, could be an exciting center combination. And there's some real gas on the outside. I mean, it's unfortunate that uh, Sabella got injured, but, you know, Malcolm Yar still got gas. Uh, Yar Penfe has got gas. Yeah, And Gianni Lombard at 15, I think, is going to be exciting to see what he can do. Um, moving on to the gold team. All right, so starting forwards for the Springbok gold team, Steven Kitsov, Skaran uh, Tabeni, Franz Malaba, Salman Murat, Marvin Uri. I mean, how he never got selected in our draft is beyond me. Um, right. Marco van Staden, Nizam Kar, and uh, Notche at eight to round up the starting forwards. Um, uh, the backline players, Herschel Yanchis, Damian Willemser, Sergio Peterson, Rikas Pretorius, Lucanio Am, Roscoe Speckman, Warwick Halant to round up the starting backline players. And then on the bench, we got Dylan Richardson, Dylan Smith, Ruan Dreyer, Jason Jenkins, James Venter, Vincent Chitsuka, uh, Jaden Hendriska, Kerwin Bosch, Vanderkok, Manuel Russ. Uh, what do you think of this goal team? I think it's very interesting. Um, in an analysis video, a guy called Squid Rugby on YouTube did on the Springboks, he pointed out that we have two basic game plans. The first one you can see is the bashing of forward, tactical kicking, that kind of style that we usually play in the World Cups. Uh, and they can see that in the green team. And you'll say we have a free running, you know, just trying to run the other team off their feet kind of game plan that usually was pivoted by Elton Yankees. This gold team very much uh, highlights that for me because, like Rassi pointed out so many times, uh, it's a very, very few lineup options there because it's, it's very t- uh, two very short, uh, two or three very short guys in that back three as well. And that back line, you can see that's mostly built for speed, getting the ball out and just trying to get around, especially with guys like Roscoe on the one wing and probably Vanakok or Manuel Russ on the other. I'm very keen to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, if you look at the Springbok Gold team, I think this this back line looks a bit more exciting. Um, but also, you know, you can you can see some of these selections, and that's maybe something we can touch on. Um, Jock Ninaba was selecting a lot of players that he he had coached before, for example, in the Stormer setup, which I found a bit interesting. Um, I'm like, well, that really shouldn't be the reason why you're selecting them in this case for your combination. But hey, if if you want to beat the other team and you feel confident that you know working with someone that you've coached before is going to, you know, improve your chances, then, you know, by all means, select them. Because um, he kind of went for, I mean, we can just look at the 9-10 combination, um, you know, Herschel and Damien, they played two together at the Stormers. Um, you know, they also got Galant from the Stormers. So that backline spine is basically the Stormers one. Um, but yeah, I think their their forwards are a little bit light compared to the gold i mean to the green team um it's losing france malaba for them is going to make a difference you know in the scrum uh, but it is an opportunity for ru andrea to come on now uh carlos sardi will, will will slot onto the bench there um so i think you know they could be fine but a little bit on the light side uh, if you look at their loose trio marco van starum nizamka and notche um van Staden is is a fetcher 
which I think is, you know, going to be a benefit to them. But then you got Car Noche, which are, you know, running Lucy's. Um, so I, you can clearly see the different game plans coming into play. Like you said, Gold is probably going to try and, and, and play wide. Uh, Green is going to try and play a bit more direct, you know, to, to kind of expose both teams' weaknesses. Yeah, I think that's exactly the way it's going to go. And yeah, Jacques did harp on a bit too much about, yeah, I've coached this guy here, I've coached this guy here, I've coached this guy here. So she was all mostly Vietpeer. But to be fair, are there any of the Vietpeer guys there that you can say don't deserve to be there? No, yeah. no, it's it's not that. But I mean, they might have been going to the green team, for example, and we might have gotten a completely different setup coming through. Um, because let me put it this way, right? So at the Stormers, we can see Herschel and Damien play together week in, week out, right? And the whole purpose of a trial is to try different things. Now, obviously, you know, combinations here are different in, overall, but, you know, it might have been interesting to see Nohamba and Damien play together, you know, as as much as like Nohamba hasn't played with Elton, you know, I'm just saying, but yeah, there could have been some other variations that, that came out of this, you know, instead of being like, oh, okay, I coached him at the Stormers. It would have been better if he didn't say it yeah. and just say like, yeah, like I rate him. I want him in my team. That would sound better than just saying, well, I'm picking this player because I've coached him before. That's kind of the point I want to make. Yeah, that, that is true to an extent. But I mean, we also had uh, Zwandila Stick saying, Talking about the guys he's coached before that he brought into his team, so there was, I think there was a bit of uh, on both sides. Um, I understand partnering Willemse with the uh, young piece here in the nineteen combination because, and it's something you're going to touch on later as well. Willemse is still very inexperienced at ten. I don't think he's found his stride anywhere close to it at ten yet. I still no. think he's trying to shake off the fifteen. So for me, it makes more sense to trial him in a match with a nine he knows. Uh, Yankees, I know he's going to be able to play off Nohamba failure because he is just that good. So, for me, it makes sense yeah. to, to make that combination. Yeah, and the benefit is, you know, you got Yankees behind a more beefier pack, which is always going to work in his favour. Yeah. Alright, so let's let's kind of compare these teams to our draft we did last week. Um, Alright, so we can actually start with Kaya's team, which is uh, our equivalent of the green team. Um, very, very different to what was selected. Uh, let me put it this way. Let's only point out what matches, right? So, um, Kaya got Sia, uh, which is in the green team. He's got Vermeulen, but in the wrong position. So, Kaya, Kaya put Vermeulen at lock, which is a travesty because um, he wanted Nizam card eight. Uh, please explain that. Uh, he's got Herschel at nine, and you know Yanchi's at ten. So he's got Yanchi's. He's got Similani, but decided to put him at eleven, and he's got Franz Stein at twelve. I mean, right? So that matches up. Um, but yeah, I mean that's basically that. Um, on the bench he's got Ox. You know, which I, I do think you know is a better starter. Uh, Would have made sense. Um, but I mean, in Kaya's case, he he drafted Stephen Kitsov. Um, you know, so obviously you're going to start Steven, but yeah, I, it's very different. And I think it's because our draft format was, was something else that we're going to, we're going to see quite a variation here, but, um, based off of Kaya's team, Jason, 
um, compared to the green team. Who do you think would win if they were to play each other? I think the other green team would win just because it's a lot more stable in its uh, the game plan it's trying to go for. Uh, Kai is trying to go running rugby here. And like you said, in the draft. And I feel it could work, but when you got running rugby with like Cornell Hendricks on the wing, like it might be <laughs> a bit of an issue. Like he's still very good, but yeah. And then, yeah, Dwayne Fumilin at lock. I just don't rate it. Honestly, I don't rate it. And Dylan Richardson, he's good, but I think he's, I don't know the weights and whatever, but I think Skara does have more beef than him. And when you got a lighter, Lose three, you need a heavier type five to balance it out. So I think there might be issues yeah. there. So I think the other green team would take it in a match. Yeah, I think I think the Springbok green team will walk over Kaya's team. Um, right, that front row, j- just because they have Bongi, right, they got Trevor, they got Ox, that's a lot better front row than uh, Stephen Kitts of Dylan Richardson and Kyle Dusadi. Like, just there. And if you look at the locks, Right, come on, Dwayne's not gonna offer you that much at lock. Like you, you're tying his hands. So I think I think you know uh, the difference has been put on display. You know between an international coach and Kaya. You know as as much as Kaya knows about the game of rugby, uh, it's clearly not his full time profession. We're about to see some angry comments under the next podcast publication <laughs> by Kaya. <laughs> All right, now let's actually look at your team that you've drafted, Jason, and we're going to compare it to the Springbok Gold team. Um, all right, so who do you have that matched up? Okay, so you also you had France Malaba as well at three. You you managed to get Bongi um, and actually make a solid front row with uh, Elizo in that blue set. Um, right, you have no locks that match up. Your loose trio is. Completely different apart from Notch at eight. Yeah. Um, right. In the back line, you have Lucanio Um. So that matches up. And uh, Halant yeah. at 15. All right. Yeah. So you got about four or five that actually matched up. Um, I do just want well, to not say bad. I did pick the exact uh, green lock combination. You did? You did do that. Well, no, no, no. Uh, wait. Okay, no, I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah, JD and Hiron. Yeah, no. You, you did do that. No, for sure. Uh, but interesting, yeah. So you got Yaku Krill, Yaku Kutsia. We don't see them drafted at all, hey? Yeah. Which is quite interesting. I think Yaku Krill was unlucky because he wasn't going to be the first choice open side for either team. And because they want to get youngsters in, like they're getting guys like James Fenter is getting his running. Uh, you have guys like uh, Junior Pocamela, uh, guys like that coming in. I think he was just a victim of the getting youth guys in. I think if it was just get your best 25 out there, I think he would have snuck in. I think Rassi did mention that as well. So that's a big yeah. thing. I think Yaku Kutsia might be injured currently and they don't know if he's going to be fully fit for the match so then i think that's why they didn't pick him yeah no for sure um but definitely quite interesting um if we were to now have you know the springbok gold team play against yours um in all honesty jason 
how do you think it would, would play out? Do you think your, your team's going to get a hiding? I don't think we're going to get close to a hiding because like, I, I picked for like the green like uh, game plan. I think my forward pack can take theirs. We've got a bit more beef and more liner options. Ayakasi is a very good liner option. Got the solid combination of Nohamba and Bosch, apart from the one match last weekend where they weren't that solid. Um, mm. uh, Ward at 12, I don't know how he matches up with Rikus Pretorius. I don't know Rikus Pretorius that well. That might be a weak link, but I think... I think my team might take it, honestly. But it would be a close match either way and a high-scoring match. Yeah. I also missed that you also had Roscoe Speckman that matched up with Fortune as well. So, I mean, <clears throat> let me put it this way. Your team actually balances out better with uh, the Springbok goal team that was selected. So, um, as commissioner, um, I'll just say that, yeah, you selected way better than Kaya, you know. Uh, let's just put that out there. <laughs> put that in the bottomless rugby banner on the Facebook page. Yeah, Jason drafts better than Kaya. <laughs> no, that's no. I actually think you drafted a pretty cool team. Um, very exciting stuff. You know what Kaya did on the day? Who, who knows? Um, it's a complete conundrum. There's a reason he's called the agent of chaos. Let's just say that. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is true. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. I think, um, yeah, our, our teams were quite interesting, right? So the last question I want to put out there for you is uh, the Springbok Green versus the Springbok Gold team. Um, who do you think would take it between the two of them? I think it's down to whoever can implement their game plan better. I think we saw in the World Cup that the whole Springbok ethos is to force your game plan on the opposition. So I think Green will take it because I think they'll be able to just be a bash, 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 kick and get through that way. So I have to give it to them, but I think the gold team can be exciting to watch. And I think they've got a lot of fetches in their team, so that could uh, turn the tide for them. Yeah, let me put it this way. I think it's going to be a game of two halves. This is what I'm what I'm thinking here. Yeah. All right, that that beefy forward pack of the Springbok Green team is going to be very dominant in the first half, particularly because Springbok Gold has lost France Malabo. Like France at this stage might not give you more than forty minutes, but those forty minutes that he's going to be on there, you're going to have a solid scrum, right? Which you're going to need. Um, so I feel that that is going to hurt the Springbok Gold team. When the game opens up in the second half, you would expect the Springbok Gold to do better. But because there's, you know, 25 match day players, I don't think fatigue would be as big a factor. No. Because, you know, Green Green can also bring some fresh players on. I mean, if this was a match day 23, I think Gold would have an opportunity to come back in the second half. You know, like if all players were actually match fit, I, th- I think it could be a tight game at the end of the day with, with Gold kind of going for that comeback victory, which would be, you know, very exciting television. But I am leaning towards Green. I'll be honest, I'm I'm leaning towards Springbok Green at this stage. Yeah, I think most people will will say that because it was it does, does seem to be a more springbok side. <laughs> I want to put it that way, Springbok-y side. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, I'm with you. Um, I'm super excited for this match. Um, I've already cleared my my schedule for Saturday. I was like, I'm definitely watching this game. Uh, I want to see the kind of rugby that these guys are going to play. And um, keen to see some of the youngsters coming through, getting this opportunity. I mean, Rikas Pretorius, um, let's see what he can do. Um, You know, yeah, we just haven't seen some of these youngsters uh, get an opportunity to play in this sort of a team with the names around them. So very exciting. I want to see what how Johnny Lombard is going to play in this um, this setup. Uh, Jano Augustus coming off the bench. Uh, no, there's some. We have some really good youngsters coming through. I think it's going to be fantastic to see what they can do on the field. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a good match to watch. I think with that, we're going to move on to our Boiki of the Week. All right, so this week's Boiki of the Week, um, you know, he had a bit of a mouth on him. And, um, you know, he also had some rugby balls on him because this man decided to to say something to his captain. All right, so Hushal Yanchis decided to shout at his captain, Siakulisi, Mal, after Siakulisi wanted to kick the ball out to end the first half because he was tired, right? Not an excuse here. <laughs> you play the game, you play the situation. Um, so when Sia wanted to kick it out uh, to end the half, Herschel shouted at him, Mal, which translates to, are you crazy? And with with to, to put it into better context, so in Afrikaans, if you're going to phrase it like that, and particularly if you're from Cape Town, uh, and you have that accent, the Cape Townian accent, this kind of takes a bit of a different meaning. Um, so for Herschel to to say it like that to Sia is definitely boiky worthy because uh, it, it definitely in some ways put, put Sia in his place. It convinced them to not kick it out and they proceed to score a try where Sia scored himself. So Herschel, my man, you are boiky of the week. Jason, you want to add anything to that? I think in context as well, like post World Cup, like we've seen, Khaleesi has become a very like high level figure in South Africa. It's very polarizing. I mean, he got to such a level that he's got brand deals with American companies. He's working over there as well uh, with them. And this is a 24 year old guy just trying to make his way into the box. Uh, obviously, played with Sia for a while at club level, but for him to say that to his captain after his captain is saying, Let's just kick it out and go into half time. It takes some guts. I, th- I think there might have been some uh, some fines afterwards if it hadn't resulted in the trial, or worse, if there was a turnover and a counter trial by the Lions. But I think because the captain himself got to score the try, I think he's being left let off the hook for now. But <laughs> I'm not sure how well we'll go down in the future. Let's put it that way. Yeah, let's put it that way. I think he got away with it because it wasn't really anything on the line for these matches. Um, you know, it was basically an ex- exhibition match. It was essentially a warm-up match as well. You know, let's just go out and have a good time. But that mindset that that Herschel displayed, you know, like, no, we play to win. We have an opportunity is what I really love about this. And not to be afraid to say anything, be like, no, let's not kick it out. Let's go for it, you know, is what I really appreciate about this. So Herschel... Yeah, keep it up, man. Like, we really, really like seeing this uh, coming from you. Um, I mean, who doesn't like a small number nine, you know, who's who's not afraid to say what he wants to say and, and go for it? The guys he's speaking to. 
Yeah, <laughs> particularly in that sense. Yeah. So awesome, awesome stuff. Our boyker of the week, uh, you know, the babyface assassin himself, Herschel Yanchi's uh, fantastic. Um, keep doing that. Uh, just don't try your luck too much. <laughs> there is a line. That's all we're saying. Yeah, don't try that with Dwayne. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, fortunately, he's not he's not playing in in the team with him this weekend. So because Dwayne might just give him a club and then kick kick the ball for the corner, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and we hope you liked this episode of the main event. Please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services, and leave us a comment. So until next week, stay away from your boys, wash your hands often. Drink lots of water and stay safe.